befriending people for who they are and what they are and being involved. Again, it goes back to community. And whether it's the real estate industry or not, or your actual community that you live in, or your dog community, or whatever it is, you need to be involved, you need to be present, you need to be there, and not make it all about you. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 284 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. This week, I finally tracked down one of the guests I've been trying to get for I don't know how long, I'll ask him, but I'm talking about Joe Scutt. Joe Scutt is the a broker owner of Unit Realty in Boston. I know Joe through the Inman crowd. He and Lori Weston Davis run the ambassador program for Inman. Joe is one of the, uh, I'll call him one of the funniest guys I know, but also one of the smartest when it comes to branding, authenticity, and all kinds of great things that he does with his company. So let's get this thing started. Joe Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Bill. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I, uh, as I as I mentioned in the opening, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, how long have I asked you to be a guest on this show, Joe? Just any kind of a wild guess. How did I know that was going to be one of your first questions? <laughs> um, I would say we're probably going on five years now. Pretty close because right. the show's going on six. So <laughs> you were, <There> you go. <laughs> well done. My first question, and this is for everyone that knows you, everyone who's ever gone out with you and had a drink or dinner, please tell me you're a paid influencer for Bombay Sapphire Gin. I wish I could say yes to that, <laughs> but I am just a true believer and lover of Bombay Sapphire and that's all there is to it. Yeah, I, I I tried to explain to my wife. I said, I'm pretty sure I was at someplace with Joe. When they said that they didn't have that, I think your reply was, I'll take a water. I mean, there was <laughs> nothing else that was gonna <laughs> that was gonna work, right? <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure that was probably a joke because I'd still want my gin. Okay, I'll right. go with like bee feeder, tangeray if I absolutely have to. All right. Tangeray's number three. Yeah. Wow. I'm not okay. a tangeray fan. I don't know why. That's interesting because growing up you know, when, when you're experimenting and figuring stuff out, Jay sure. Gray was the one, right? That's yeah. the one that everybody, yeah, that everybody's trying. All right. Well, let's, let's get in some, let's into the, into the real Joe Scott. Let's start with that. First of all, one, one other question, the most common pronunciation of your last name. The most common or the accurate one? No, with the accurate one, I think is hopefully what I'm saying. Pretty close. So the, <laughs> I get it. There's shoot, shut. Oh. I never get the actual pronunciation of Scott. Scut. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. Never from somebody that doesn't know you. They just won't go there. Nope. Never, never. I Oh, I, I take that back. Once somebody said it right in my wow. 47 years of living. Wow. Yep. And if you put an O there, it's pretty easy to say Scott. But it's actually... You put a U there and they won't say Scut. Exactly. And then that's they're weird. like, well, S-C-H. I'm like, school, schooner, schedule. <laughs> I don't know. You said that a few times. It sounds like, yeah. All right. I like to find out the background, the backstory of the guests. And I know you live in Boston and you are all about Boston. We're going to talk a lot about that, but let's talk. You grew up out kind of in the South central part of the state, right? Springfield. Is that kind of your, where you grew up? 
Yeah, I grew up in Western Mass, so an hour and a half west of Boston in West Springfield. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents grew up there. I grew up there. And I moved to, believe it or not, wow, this month is 23 years ago, I moved to Boston. Wow. Tell me, tell me what I should know about Springfield. I know, I know one thing about Springfield, Massachusetts. The NBA Hall of Fame is there. Basketball Hall of Fame, yep. Yeah. So I grew up in the town next to it. Okay. So across the very wide Connecticut River um, in West Springfield. It was a town when I lived there. It's now a city. Okay. Honestly, I don't really know a lot about it anymore because I haven't lived there in so long. But, you know, it, it, was a, it was a great little town to grow up in. It was decent sized. And yeah, made a lot of friends, still connected with them. So cool. Good place to grow up, but I know nothing about it anymore. Yeah, you're a city. You're a city guy now. I am absolutely city guy. Yeah. Yep. Let's let's talk about what brought you to Boston. Then, what was that thing that got you on the other side of the state? You know, when you grow up as a gay kid and you want to experience a bigger city to like figure out that part of your life, mm -hmm. why not? And I worked for a bank back then, Fleet Bank, and I was able to transfer out here with them. Found an apartment and never looked back. Yeah, I was going to say the 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 uh, the trying to find um, your community sometimes yep. um, requires requires relocation. And that's what you're able to do. And not to say that Western Mass doesn't have it. They do. Northampton is out there. Amherst. Uh, it's very college-y out that, that part of the state as well. Um, I, I swear Massachusetts has more colleges than anything else. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it, it was just I wanted the bigger city feel anyway. So between the two things and I was able to transfer with my job, why not? Yeah. I went for it. That's great. You um, give me, I ask this question a lot of guests when I have them on, uh, give me the biggest misconception about Boston. The biggest misconception about Boston. Um, Bostonians are not rude like everybody says we are. Okay. New York and Boston, which one is more rude? Right. Well, neither of them really are. And once you get to know them, New York or Boston, we're actually really nice people. We're just a lot of people in small spaces and we're trying to get from point A to point B can sometimes be really frustrating. So whether we're driving or we're walking, we just, we just need to go. So we're not yeah. rude. We're just in a hurry trying to get from point A to point B. We'll say then perceived as rude, but, but yes. not, not properly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I've hung around you enough to know this, that it's the Patriots, the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Bruins. You're like all in. You're one of those incredibly spoiled people that know nothing but championships over the last 20 years, right? It's true. It's true. And I'm 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 definitely more of a Patriots fan. And yes, you're welcome for Tom Brady. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> no, look, I got it. I got it. But you you claim that that you just claim another championship with that because it was your guy. So you're like, that's eh, kind of like us. You know, it's yeah. good. We'll take it. Yeah. He, he did grow up with us. Come on. I know. Well, no, you're not kidding. Uh, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It's just such such an embarrassment of wealth for all those titles. Many times people have heard me say this. I grew up in San Diego where we won nothing. Well, how do you how do you think Cleveland feels? <laughs> <laughs> well, they got LeBron. At least LeBron came back and got him one title, right? This is but, true. Yeah, this yeah. Is we'll true. see what happens in football, though. That's going to be that's so, going to be interesting. One of my agents actually is from that area, so yeah. he wears his actually he actually wears his Browns hat in Boston. It, um, well, the people just laugh at him. They're, they're not going to get upset. Although, although he's 6'10", so not too many people laugh at him. 
Okay. Yeah, that's gonna <laughs> that changes that changes it a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. You uh, you mentioned Fleet Bank. Was that the is, was that kind of your first job working in in the banking industry when you got out of school? No, actually, believe it or not, actually, I did not go to college. Okay. I worked part time jobs till I figured out what I wanted, and I right. got a job as a teller at Bay Bank, which was a regional bank back in the eighties and nineties. Okay. And been gobbled up. 10 times over. And, you know, I, I changed companies more times than not only because they kept on merging. So I that was 15 years in the banking industry and I loved it. And that was kind of my big thing prior to getting into real estate. So there has to be for every, for every guest I've had on the podcast, there's this like moment, there's this, it was a person or an opportunity or something where, you, where yep. you're like, Oh, real estate. I, I never thought of that. What, what's yours? Well, so my ex and I, we were together 15 and a half years and we bought our condo together, literally knowing each other for three months. We bought a condo together. All right. And I was always going to open houses, love real estate. And his father was in town one time and he's like, well, if you like real estate so much, why don't you go into the industry? I was like, okay. <laughs> so I got my license and I went to real estate. <laughs> <laughs> That's That was pretty simple. Uh, pretty and simple. this is... This is how long ago? This right around 2000-ish or? This was 2003. I just okay. had 18 years in April, which I'm oh, shocked wow. by. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. You, so um, I'm assuming even in the Boston market, 2003, things were doing good. I mean, you know, we were headed on this great trajectory that sure. we know is going to end in about five years from 2003. Well, uh, so interestingly enough about Boston, uh, Lawrence Yoon has commented in the past that he uses Boston as his bellwether for the country. Wow. So we actually started feeling the effects in probably about 2005, six, and we were coming back at around 2008. Really? Yep. And our downtown markets actually, uh, Back Bay, Beacon Hill, South End, and even Cambridge, the city across the river, right. where Harvard is and MIT, they actually increased in value by two and a half percent as opposed to our historical 5% year over year. So we didn't feel the downturn nearly as much as most of the rest of the country did. Yeah. Um, and then it's been strong ever since. The the news uh, was always the sand states, right? Arizona, mm -hmm. Florida, Texas. Yeah, yeah they were hammered. A lot, of those, a lot of those states that they grew by double digits yep. through that hot market, yep. where if you grow like by very small numbers every year, it's harder to have a downturn. Yeah. Not to mention, I don't know if you knew, I think it was what, Newswire or one of those named Boston the most resilient city in the country. Wow. And they basically talked about everything I've been saying for years. Boston is a very, has a, a very diverse um, occupational market. So whether it's high tech, biotech, finance, hospitals, universities, teaching hospitals, you name it, we have it here. Right. So if one thing isn't doing so well, we have five other things that are. Did you start with a traditional brokerage, you know, and get the training and all that kind of stuff that most agents do? Or did you try to wing it on your own from the beginning? So I started with a, the last bank that I worked at. Um, some of my customers worked at a small 20-person, four-office, independent brokerage called okay. Domain Domain. And I knew I was going to go there as soon as I got my license, and I did. And funny enough... Um, I thought I was going to work in the South End office, which is traditionally known as the Gaberhood. Okay. And nope, they put me in South Boston, which is typically known as the Irish neighborhood. Okay. The Southeast, so, right? <laughs> this, known as Southie. Yep. Yeah. And so here I am as a 
29 year old gay man going into South Boston to work and thinking that I was going to work in the South End and have all these gay clients. Nope. All my couple, all my clients ended up being straight married couples and single females. <laughs> nice. Look, well, I think, don't you think in, in hindsight, that was a, an excellent move? Excellent move. Yeah. 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 So um, it, it got me into a market that I didn't know. It got me into an area that I didn't understand really. And I just worked it. And my first deal with this was this woman walked into the office back when floor time actually worked that way. Right. Right. And I was two weeks into the business. She's like, um, I'm looking for some open houses to go to, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, pre-internet on this. Wow. And I was like, hey, instead of going to look at just the open houses on a Sunday, want to get together on Saturday and we can go look at open houses or anything that's available. She's like, yeah, that sounds great. Next thing you know, I find out she has a place to sell. So wow. I helped her buy helped my first deal ever, helped her buy something helped her sell her place, ended up selling her place direct. Wow. And she's still my first client, still a very good friend. And I've helped her with more real estate in the future. My guess is if you totaled up how many transactions she's you you could attribute to her, it's, it's probably a pretty big number. It's a pretty decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Because that, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later and the whole just, you know, building your building your, having a niche and building your community and understanding how that works. You know, you've been preaching that for so long. Mm -hmm. um, was it, was it kind of just innate for you at the beginning as well? Did you just kind of know this is what I had to do or is it something you kind of learned over time? Um, it was definitely something I learned over time. Okay. Because, you know, I was, I was that new agent and I was like, well, I can't get some, I can't go into whatever niche marketing because, I, what if I miss somebody? I, I need this is a commission based occupation, and you need to just get out there and get as many clients as you can and go with it. Right. It wasn't until much later, fifteen years later, twelve years later, something like that, that I started realizing that oh, I need to figure this out. Let's talk about your company. So in uh, twenty twelve, mm -hmm. you launch your own brokerage, which um, let's just talk about with before we talk about unit. Let's just talk about that leap of faith. <laughs> I'm just guessing, you know, you were fairly comfortable where you were, you knew what you were doing, income was steady, everything is good. There's got to be this, this moment of what the hell am I doing? There is. My ex, Eric, um, we started the company together. He's from the marketing side and I'm more the customer, consumer facing side. Mm -hmm. And we realized, because at this time, our bro uh, the brokerage we worked for was bought by, by two guys who turned into a Sotheby's, okay. which was great. My broker was amazing. The company was great. The people are amazing. Sotheby's brand is great. But we felt like we were just giving a lot of money away when we were doing most of our own marketing our own way anyway. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we decided, okay, let's let's see if we can do this. Believe it or not, we went and worked for another brokerage for one year before we opened our own. Intentionally? Yep. It was wow. a, a friend of mine who I worked with. We sat right next to each other at Sotheby's and his wife and he opened their own brokerage about four years earlier. And we wanted to make sure we could work for a small brokerage again. And so we went there and almost one year to the day, which they knew, they, they understood taking us on that it was going to probably go this way. Uh, the Bushari group, they were awesome. Aladimar are great. They they kept on saying, so is it this week that Joe and Eric are going to leave? There was a kind of running joke with us 
And yeah. a year later, we decided to make the leap and open Unit Realty Group. Yeah, I think I was around. It was um, in 2012. We were you were doing him and I was doing him and that was kind of yep. new to it right then at that time. So yeah. I remember we were talking about it, you know, just the things that were going on and how it was happening. Yeah. But boy, you really created uh, for, for anyone listening, it's unit realty and it's uh, you know, you say you're not the marketing guy and, and sure Eric probably started this off, but you have definitely continued, you know, down this vein about um, what a boutique brokerage can do and what it can look like and how it can be and feel. Talk about that when you, when you guys were discussing how this was going to look and what was the plan? Yeah, so we we basically sat there and we knew we wanted something a little bit more modern, forward thinking, fun, energetic, but still kind of went back to our values. And a lot of those are things like giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with our communities program and we give 5% of our uh, brokerage side of the commission to charities and organizations that are local to Boston. Uh, the other part of the community that we are all about is actually being involved in volunteering. You know that I volunteer a lot in the realtor industry, yeah. but I also volunteer a lot in the community um, as much as we possibly can anyway. And I've, I've also found that just bringing community together is a great thing, whether that's in the dog park or it's some organization where you're trying to bring people together or it's in the realtor world trying to connect people. It's just a fun way to do things. Yeah. And community just became a huge thing for us. Yeah. I think the word gets bandied about sometimes just kind of like, Oh yeah, but, but you really live it. The fact that you, um, Irving, your miniature schnauzer, (laughs) um, is, is like, you know, just a magnet for customers. I mean, you you've turned that into a a a way to prospect for customers in a very unassuming way. You're there because honestly, you love your dog. You love seeing the other dogs at this dog park you are a regular at. In fact, you volunteer for some of the things that happen there and yep. around that. You built a community around that dog park. Let's talk about first of all Irving, and then how many trans just make a guess. I know this is weird to ask you this. How many transactions is Irving responsible for, Uh, (laughs) for you? um, He's so between him and Ruben, they're probably responsible for about $5 million a year out of the dog park. Wow. That's amazing. Um, And I, and I will say, you know, it's, you have to be your authentic self. And I know we talk about that in the real estate industry a lot. Yep. And I wasn't being that person when I first started going to my first dog park in the Boston common when we moved to Beacon Hill. Um, and I was that agent. I was like, oh, I'm in a new neighborhood. I need to start networking. And I was like, oh, look at me. I'm in real estate, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? This feels gross. I hate this version of what I was trying to be because it wasn't me. Yeah. So I backed off completely, regrouped, and went back out as, hey, we're trying to get an actual dog park on the Boston Common. Let's all work together and make this happen as a community. And I was with another group prior to that that was trying to, and it didn't work. Finally, the common canine came together and we made a dog park happen. And so I was out there in a way of giving back. And that made me feel more comfortable. And then people found out that I was in real estate. And, you know, for example, the, the agent I was telling you about who's 6'10", we met at the dog park originally. Wow. We became friends. Was he already a realtor or did he find out about the business from you? 
so he was in commercial real estate. Ah, okay. And but I we became friends. Me, him, his wife, my partner, our dogs. All of a sudden, they became clients. Helped them buy their condo, and wow. now he works with me. Yeah. So it's just it's it really shows how just being your authentic self and being out there and getting involved, how your your relationships can transform over time and be incredible. Right. And we, we talk about this a lot that th- that word keeps getting bandied about, you know, being authentic and, you know, do the right, you know, just kind of be yourself. Um, but it's, do you, do you think it, it, it almost requires an effort to do that because you're so, there's so many other voices talking about, you've got to do this, this, and that, and that you almost have to kind of like, okay, just shut down a little bit, just kind of come back to who you are and just be yourself. That's really advice, right? For, for agents that are struggling. I would absolutely agree with that. Um, Two things I think that people need to understand is be your authentic self and work your sphere of influence. Yeah. Those, I mean, it, it couldn't be any better than that. And because, you know, if you go out and you work your sphere of influence, those people already know, trust and like you. Yeah. But if you're not your authentic self, even with your sphere of influence, they're going to know what's up. Yeah. They're going to know, especially this, this is, oh, this is salesy Joe doing yep. his thing. Yeah. And I hate the salesy thing. Hate it. I don't like yeah. it being done to me and I don't want to do it to others. Yeah. And honestly, I could probably make a lot more money if I was that way, but it's not about the money sometimes. It's about the relationships. Yeah. And you just figure out other ways to make that money. Yeah. Look, there's, there's camp. There's another camp in the real estate space. that's like, you got to do that other thing, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, but there's also some very successful people living lives they want to live right yep. without, without compromising their values or, or whatever it is. I don't want to, it's not, there's not, it's not good versus bad. It's just different versus different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, cool. you know, and, and it's hard being out there, but going back to the small brokerage thing again, you know, yeah, we were forward thinking back in the day, we had our listings online before, uh, some of the other bigger companies did. We were, you know, I was writing offers on the back of my trunk with my laptop. Um, like back before that was even done. I was an early adopter of DocuSign. It's harder these days to be that forward thinking person because technology has become more mainstream. Uh, more conferences have happened where people are going to them more and learning things. And just be, again, your authentic self figure out what's going on, take on the technology that works for you, but don't go crazy with it. Yeah. It's about yeah. relationships in the end. Yeah. Avoid that, avoid that uh, shiny object syndrome if you, yep. as best you can. Yeah. You, uh, let's talk about Inman for a little bit. I know for me, it's opened up this incredible world. Like the podcast really wouldn't probably exist without Inman, right? I, um, you know, you and Lori have run the ambassador program for years yep. and I would say that I have, 25 of my episodes are ambassadors. Nice. <laughs> you might be the last one that I, I was tracking down. You're like my white whale. I had to get you. <laughs> so, um, but talk about your, for you, what has Inman done for you and how has it helped your, your, your business? Um, you know, I know you mentioned you have a ton of realtor to realtor referrals. Yep. Talk about that. So yeah, Inman has definitely become a huge family for me and, and national association of realtors between the two of them. They are, there are people in the real estate world that I would literally give the shirt off my back to, and I know would do the same back to me. Um, Lori Davis has become probably one of my best friends in the entire world. 
you know, recently I went out to Arizona and celebrated my parents' 50th wedding anniversary with them. And one of my Inman connections, Dane Briggs and his wife, Amanda Briggs, Amanda Sue, they let me use their yeah. car to drive an hour to see my parents instead of paying these outrageous rental car fees. Didn't ask. They yeah. offered. And I was like, wow, that's really generous. But that's what people in the real estate industry do. And, you know, the way that I've been able to capitalize on a lot of this referral business with them is, again, being my authentic self, friending people for who they are and what they are, and being involved. Again, it goes back to community. And whether it's the real estate yeah. industry or not, or your actual community that you live in, or your dog community, or whatever it is, you need to be involved, you need to be present, you need to be there and not make it all about you. It can be a little bit about you, but it's really about the people that you're there to be with, do things with, learn from, teach, whatever that is. And by going yeah. to conferences, like everybody always says, why do you go to so many conferences? Why do you network with realtors? I was like, because you learn from each other, you refer to each other, and quite frankly, I even had coffee with a fellow realtor here in town in Boston because I wanted to meet up and say, hey, let's let's see what's going on. Let's chat about the market. What's going on here? What's going on there? And building those relationships, even within your own realtor community that you work in, are just as important for so many reasons. Yeah, you 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 talk about the um, you're 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 in CRS, correct? Yep. Heavily, right? Uh, not as heavily as I was. I actually, okay. I will, I will admit, I have backed off a lot of things over the past few okay. years after my relationship ended because I had to regroup. But I will Go be on. getting getting back into CRS, the Inman community. I'm, I'm deep. I love RPAC, major investor world. There's a lot of awesome. referrals there. Awesome. I was deeply involved in YPN, which I'll be getting back into. Cool. And you know, funny story. Just talk about community involvement really quick. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my fellow agents here in Boston is a thirty under thirty. Um, deeply involved with YPN to a degree. And every time, this is a couple of years ago, and every time somebody would post, hey, I in the national YPN group on Facebook, I need a Boston agent. Out of the 30 comments, 25 were me and five were like random other people. And he came to me and said, how do you do that? Mm. I said, it's because I actually go to the conferences, I network these people, I see them face to face, and they know that I give back to the realtor community. That's all you have to do. Yeah, give back, be authentic, build relationships. It's I, I think that's such a such an underutilized, um, boy, I hate to call it strategy. Because it's not a it's not a strategy for you. It's who you are. It's who I am. It's, it's such an underutilized tool in the in the in the world. Is yeah. Is you know um, when you're going to Inman, yeah, we're there to to uh, listen to the great keynotes that come in because there have been some fantastic speakers over the years. Yeah. And then and then there's that core training that's going on, which you know, keeps you up to date on what's new and what's fresh. Um, but you know, and as well as I do, and everybody else who's a regular there, that it's the, it's those chance meetings in the halls, and it's those dinners at night, and it's those things that really grow your business. I mean, yeah. exponentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you think about the relationships again; they go so deep that they become personal. I mean, I went to Australia for three weeks, and I literally stayed with people 
that I've met through the real estate industry, whether Inman or NAR. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. Wow, that's very cool. I, I love that. I think it's I think it's exciting. And, and now that uh, the world's opening back up, at least the U.S. is, I, I know you're probably excited as all hell to be in Vegas oh, in October. I'm oh sure you're going to be there. <laughs> I cannot wait for our first conference. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I had a chance to sneak away to leading RE this week, uh, last week nice. uh, yep. with Molly McKinley. So it was great yeah. to to it was into it was weird. It wasn't a very busy Vegas. Uh, it'll be much busier by October. Yes, um, and then and Inman's back in New York in January. So you know, here we go again. It's going to be awesome, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, in, re- in real life meetings. So I, you know, it's, I'm surprised we haven't actually had the conversation around my orange yet. <laughs> I mean, I'm saving the that. best for last, Joe. Uh, um, there, there is, there is a, um, there's an unmistakable, unmistakable branding play that that happened very early at Unit. Yes, and it is orange, and I, it is astounding to me how many things you can find that are orange. <laughs> and, and this comes from a kid who I grew up with the San Diego Padres, and we were there was a stretch from. Uh, 84 to 90, early 90s, where they were brown and orange, kind of Cleveland Browns colors. I, I got to be honest, it ain't my color. You know, this complexion, I'm looking for blues. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm not going anywhere near reds or oranges. I don't know, Bill. We're, we're pretty similar in that complexion oh, and, and I can pull I it off. I so I, first of all, um, what? why orange? There had to be some reason. And second, your most unique orange thing you own. So the reason orange is because we wanted to stand out from the sea of blue. Okay. If you think about it, a lot of the big companies, they're yep. blue. There's blue and there's blue in there. Yep. Yep. Um, so we wanted to stand out a little bit. We also know that from a branding perspective, that orange is very sexy and hot and fiery and fun. And that's who we are. I'm not going to be the little wallflower that's all subtle and kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's funny because I had a little bit of orange already. I like the color. And all of a sudden the orange started growing because I started literally wearing it every single day somewhere on my body since the middle of 2012. Yeah. And it's, I didn't necessarily mean to make it a thing, but it became a thing. And eventually you probably got to a point where I can't stop now. I, I still, I mean, this day, I'm, still like, I'm looking at you in your orange polo. It's great. Yep. And I'm like, okay, it, should I give this up? And I, I can't, I like, I just can't right now. I, it's, it's become ingrained in who I am. Yep. Uh, my dog wears an orange harness. And the best part about that is people see us at the dog park and they're like, Oh, you and your dog match. I was like, Oh yeah, it's our company color. Oh, what company is it? Unit realty group. They're like, Oh, you're in real estate. Well, yes, I am. Yeah. And so it's a a good conversation starter. We've just had a lot of fun with the brand in general. I mean, we made branded poop bags, for God's sakes. (laughs) That were orange. They weren't green or blue like every other one of them. Well, they're white, but they have the orange logo. We have a little little dog on there. We named him Condo with a K, a little illustration dog. That's awesome. Um, We're having fun with it. And, you know, going back to the, the community thing a little bit and the niche we were talking about. We, we are taking it a step further, and we created a new website for the first time since 2012. Wow. And we're gearing a lot of it towards dogs. 
And so we're, we're still in the process of building that section out, but I did buy, I spent more on a URL than I ever thought I would. Uh (laughs) So you can go to unitboston.com for the main site, or you can go right to the dog section, houseandhound.com. Wow. And that sounds like a brew pub or like an Irish pub or something. (laughs) It might be one day, who knows? (laughs) But yeah, we we're we're expanding on the dog brand and We're going to go into, uh, you know, you can, if you're looking to live around a dog park, we'll have a search specific to all the dog parks or dog friendly leash air off leash areas. Yeah. We have a map that shows all of the, those dog stores, dog groomers, things like that. Yeah. Um, we're starting to write some more blog posts in regards to, you know, buying, selling, renting, living with a dog in the city. So we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun with the dog thing. That's awesome. I think that's That's amazing. It's, um, you have, you have, you've had realtors over time you know, put their dog in their photo. That was super common. And a lot of those people said that helped, but you've taken this and just blown it up into this thing going, this is is who we are. I mean, this is what we do. And yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Um, So the one, the most unique piece of orange, I've seen some weird footwear. I'm trying to think of what. (laughs) So I I will say a lot of people are shocked that I was able to find a Boston Red Sox hat that is orange with a white B on it. Now, what was that for? I just, I literally saw it in the one of the stores and downtown wow. and i was like gotta have it well, that's I've, I've seen green for saint patty's day and yep. spring training they'll have a green you know hat for every team sure but for you to find an orange hat uh, <clears throat> excuse me for you to find an orange hat unbelievable that's great well joe look i've had i've had your uh, well over the half hour i asked of your time i'm going to ask you the same final question that I've asked every guest since Jay Thompson on the first show. And that, that is if, if you could give one piece of advice to a brand new agent, um, what would it be? Um, absolutely. What we talked about earlier, put together your sphere of influence. Yeah. Um, even if it's only a few people and connect with them and try to connect with others through them, be very frank with what you're looking to do. Yeah. So with my agents, uh, especially the new ones, I say, put together your sphere of influence. And then I want you to put together your fuck you people. And they don't really like that term so much. But so we've we're trying to work on a new phrasing. But if you, your fuck you people are the people in your life that are so close to you that you can go to them and say, fuck you, send me some business. <laughs> Not that you would. Yes. You could say that to someone. You could. You could. Yeah. Okay. If you could say that to somebody, they're part of your like your tight sphere, your your yeah. very close tight sphere. Yeah. That you can ask business of and create we we create what I call a coming out party. I'm coming out, I'm in real estate. Nice. And we create a little gathering around what their niche is and get to know the hey, I'm in real estate now. How can you help me? Um, blah, blah, blah. And then work it from there, being again your authentic self. Yeah, I love the fact that you you're you're basically training. You know, if you bring in a new agent, you're you're saying this is what you're going to do. You're going to do it just what I've learned over the last eighteen years. Yeah. Let's get you started right now. Yeah, beautiful, love it, Joe. If somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, probably Instagram, first and last name J O E S C H U T T, or Facebook, same thing. Um, or they can text. You can find me literally all over. Google my name and you'll find me everywhere. Jimmy loves, Jimmy Mackin has commented on that in the past. Like, yeah, I was looking for Joe one day. We were going to meet up for lunch because he lives in Boston. Yeah. And I Googled him and there was his phone number. I clicked it and it went to him. 
He's like, that's <laughs> the way it should be. Don't be the yeah. agent. <laughs> when you got that great last name, it helps. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. True. <laughs> well, Joe, I, I um, can't thank you enough. We'll talk offline, but I can't wait to get your impression of Wickenburg. Because oh, I, I was in Arizona. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> uh, but but thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I mean, you have a wonderful story. And I think uh, it's been really fun to watch Unit Realty grow um, and to watch you know what you've done with it. And, and just well done. And, and then once again, thank you. No, I appreciate it, Bill. I, it was great to be here. And I look forward to doing even more and hanging out with you the next time we see each other. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) 